record. Let's just go ahead and hit record. Problems, yeah. that's done. Okay, now you move on to something else. Maybe create like a sticky note or something for yourself. That's too much. That's too much work. <laughs> All of these reasons I say to the people of our great country and to the members of Congress, the state of our union is stronger than ever before. This is Good Morning Liberty. What is up, all of our liberty-loving friends out there? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and right across from me is Charles Thompson. Charlie, how did you enjoy the State of the Union last night? The great Charles Thompson. The great, the one and only Charles Lawrence Thompson. I've noticed the last couple days you've used all of my names. Yeah, Charlie, Charles, Chuck. Chuck, I said Chuck yesterday. I always thought Chuck Thompson might be nice on the radio. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> uh, I actually, I didn't get to watch much of it um, because I am a Nashville Predators fan. Okay. They, they played a very important game last night. I gotcha. Okay. And so, although I think America is important and I think <laughs> politics is obviously important kind last night. backpedaling here a little bit. Last, I night in, last night in my priority list, it, it wasn't. Okay. And so, I counted on you to watch it or grab the clips for me to listen to today yeah i also did not watch it but i did i did watch all of the highlights i watched probably 40 minutes of it today so uh you know it was a state of the union this it's what they always are uh especially going into 2020 it's a it's a campaign speech and there's some good parts of it there are some parts that we don't agree with there are some parts that we do agree with there were some pretty hilarious parts and uh, then there was just a lot of clapping, just a whole lot of clapping, and mostly from the right side of the aisle, not so much from the left. So, you know, that's the thing nowadays. Used to, everyone would clap, you know, used to, everyone would stand up and do all that. You can kind of look at that and just see, I don't know, just the partisan nature of what's going on. The stand up and clap. That's what really got me. It's the stand up and clap. And well, so because you know Mike Pence, the vice president, sits yeah. right, right next to um, you know Nancy Pelosi, and so you would have a scowl from Nancy Pelosi, and she was fixing her dentures, <laughs> and of course she didn't stand up or clap, and yeah, she was just holding a speech, I guess. Um, she didn't have a highlighter or nothing, but she was just holding it. <laughs> yeah, just and then Mike Pence wasn't holding the speech; he was just standing up every fifteen to twenty seconds. Yeah. I they kind of design the speeches to do that now. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's like two, three yeah. lines, and I sure written in there is the word applause in parentheses right there right. where you're supposed to stop. That's fine. It's just, it's really annoying to listen to live. It's super annoying. I know. You know, I, I really wish if we could get anything through Congress and signed by Trump this year, I would like for them to outlaw applause during the state of the union just hold it all until the end i did do i did i tuned in a few times where he said uh you know medicare wouldn't be touched social security won't be touched Mm. um and then he was also talking about the wall and they've completed 100 miles of it yeah okay so that's still less than 10 percent. yeah it's not a lot apparently by the end of the year there'll be 500 miles completed okay okay well we're not not even to 50 percent yet by the way well Um, like i mean we said a year ago now, um, I I am sure there will be a campaign that will be built around 
finish the wall. And I said that on someone's Facebook post one time and they're right. like, that's just a really dark view of the future. And I was like, here's the deal with the wall. I'm sorry. You're going to have a campaign because it's not going to get finished in this first, it's not going to get finished in this first term. That's not going to happen. No government project. I mean, they couldn't build an off-ramp from the interstate to a McDonald's in less than five years. So this is not going to get finished that fast. So what's going to happen is it's not going to be done. And then you're going to have to campaign around finishing the wall. And then if he does get elected, well, again, reelected, then maybe they'll finish it. Maybe they'll finish it. But then the next campaign is going to be built around, tear down this wall. It's going to be like that. (laughs) And then here's what's going to happen because this is a government program. And I'm not really saying I completely disagree with some type of barrier between ourselves and, and the neighboring country. But just the reality of the situation is what's going to happen is if there's a Democrat elected next time, well, they're just going to cut off funding or they're going to cut off border security or maybe they'll actually start tearing it down, something like that. And it's just going to be this cycle for like 50, 60, 100 years of tearing down this wall and then rebuilding the wall and then finish the wall and then tear down this wall. And it's just going to be this election piece. And that's just what it's going to be. It's just going to be an election piece for a long time. So, uh, you know, maybe that's somewhat of a negative viewpoint on it, but I don't know. That's just what I think. But we've... uh, I also, there were a couple other things I had had seen too, where he kept mentioning that there were 138 members in this house or something like that who want to bring socialism to America and America is never going to allow socialism and we're not going to allow them to socialize our, our healthcare or socialize any of this and... Then he went on to a few things he's doing for healthcare, and that's all I that's all I watched. My mom was talking to me about it a lot. Hey, mom. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really paying attention. I'm, I've got the game on, and then on my phone, I was, you know, looking at a few videos. We've got this weird thing, and I mean, I don't really mean for this whole episode to like dog on Trump or anything. I, I'm going to talk about that with the reason I would say that here in a second, but. Um, he says for a little bit that, you know, he, we're not going to have socialism, that we're not going to move towards this. And then he also says in the same speech that we're not going to touch social security and we're not going to touch Medicare. And last state of the union, he was talking about, we're going to implement mandatory paid family leave across the country and doing all these things. So like in the same speech where, uh, where he says, we're not going to have socialism, he says, we're not going to have socialism, but we are forcefully going to take whatever amount of your money we decide we're going to take, and then we're going to distribute it amongst whatever population we decide we're going to distribute it to. Call that what you want, okay? But it sounds a bit like that's heading towards socialism. Yeah. Just a little bit. We're not going to let socialism take care. We're not going to let socialism take over. However, you're not touching Medicare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just, you know, I don't know. Take a stand. Why don't you want socialism? If you have a reasoning that, I don't know, people own themselves and they should own their income and they should be able to decide what gets done with their income, then you're going to have to talk about making changes to Social Security and Medicare. You're just going to have to. And people aren't going to like it, but either you want socialism, you want whatever other isms that you don't like. Or you don't yeah. and make a decision and take this whole muddying the waters and having these arbitrary lines that get to get drawn around what socialism is okay and what socialism is bad and what's okay. Well, that's what leaves it open for different people to get in there and move these lines around all the time. 
Right. Either we own ourselves or we don't. That is purely the plain and simple question or fact right there. I get so angry when people take my money. You know, (laughs) you do this year's tax bill for our company is not it's it sucks it sucks it just absolutely sucks and it's it's enough money to hire maybe one or two people yeah and so you look at it and you're like man what is the government actually giving me in return when and and are they spending my money better than i could spend it myself no maybe i wanted to hire one or two more people to help grow the business so then i could hire I keep hiring one or two more people every single month. And then, you know, I've got a thousand people employed. That's what I I would want to do. I'd want to keep growing the business, but I guess thanks for the roads. I mean, the the fastest way to turn people against taxation would be for everyone to have to pay taxes the way that we're about to pay taxes this year, which is you get to see the full amount of your income for the whole year. Here's all the money I made. And then I get a bill from the government at the end of the year and I have to pay them. And but then you, you have to figure out the bill. And you have to figure it out. It's got to be right. Yes. Or you could get fined or you could go to prison. It's got to be right. Yeah. You know, and then at you the end, actually have to transfer that money out of your account or yeah. stroke a check or wire it, whatever. And so just you that, actually have to do that. Just so. that right then will cause people to have the fleeting thought of where's this money going? Am I really getting the value for this money I'm sending them right now? I'd like to send and them more because question. they're going to give me a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe just that question right it's there. Absolutely disgusting. Like I sent them $20,000 this year. Am I going to receive that much value back in return? And that's how you start turning people's mindsets in the right direction, which is asking if you're actually getting the value for the taxes that you're paying, which you're not. Because right. it's money spent by the government, and they're okay with fifty thousand dollars toilet seats. So let's, no, let's you're do not. The, let's do simple math for people. A hundred thousand dollars, and then we'll cut that in half. So if if you if you're listening to this and you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, you can go ahead and say just about thirty percent of your income is going to go towards taxes because you have to pay Medicare, Social Security, and federal income tax. No, never mind if you live in a state with state income taxes. I'm just we live in Tennessee. We don't have state income tax. Thank but. God. Anyway, if every single April 15th, you had to stroke a $30,000 check to the government, how would you feel about that? If you made $50,000 and every single April 15th, you had to stroke a $15,000 check to the government, how would you feel? Like, what would that, could you just imagine like, oh my God, what what, what could I do with that 15 grand? Like the wife's been complaining about the sod in the front yard <laughs> for years now. Yeah. And I could take. That five grand that I gave to the government who I guess helped build the roads or something, something fancy like that, maybe, which they don't even build all of them because like new communities and stuff, the builders are responsible for building the roads know, and all most that. Of the, like the rural communities, it's, yeah. the builders that build all the homes, build the roads. Right. They build the access <laughs> points. If you put in a business, you have to build the, yeah. the access point and all that. You have to do all of the excavating and everything that's all on you. So you don't pay for any of that. Literally. We literally the highways and like the state roads, that's it. That's all they pay for. Yeah. All the community roads, the, your little, you know, region roads and stuff, whatever. That all comes from the builders and, and the people who have to plan the development and, and all of that. They have to actually build the roads too. Yeah. That's factored in the price of your house, by the way. Yeah. Because, because they're not paying for it. It's, My, it's <laughs> I mean, I lived on a back, you know, kind of. So a, you pay a, for the roads again, by the way. <laughs> I lived on a mile long country road when I was growing up in my dad's and my dad makes a high level of income. 
He didn't when I was growing up. He does. He does now, and probably pays the most taxes out of every single person in the county. I would say. Yeah. And you know what they said when he said, "Hey." I'm driving on like dirt to get out to my house. And this is a, this is a County road and I'm driving on dirt. He said, you're going to have, they said, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to have to stroke a $10,000 check for us to just run some oil and chip out there to the house. He's like, what about the freaking hundreds of thousands of dollars I've been paying you guys for my entire life? Nope. You got to pay for it. If you want a road out there, right. that's literally what they say. So this whole idea of like, oh, well, they'll never put the roads out there in the, when it comes out to all these country houses and stuff like that. But they don't they anyway. Said, they still don't. Right. They still don't do it. My yeah. dad could have rented a bulldozer and put the road in that we drive on right now. Like it, it's, it's a piece of crap and he still would have to pay for it. Why are we talking about roads right now? We're supposed to be talking about state. Well, because we went from taxes. Yeah. And okay. <laughs> everyone always says when we say, when liberty minded people, libertarians, whatever you want to say, when we say taxation is theft everyone's always like what about roads what about police what about all these wonderful things the government provides and it's like look you what the you're first of all you're avoiding the question or avoiding the statement of taxation is theft by saying well the government provides all these things what would we do if we didn't have taxes to pay for them and you're but you're getting by the question of you're taking someone else's money yeah. and deciding for them that these things that the government provides is better for them than what they could do themselves. Yeah. Now look, some people, they get, they get to keep all their money. Maybe they're drug addicts or something, and maybe it is bad for them. I don't know. Yeah. But for most people, the, the, the idea of individual sovereignty is that you know what's best for you. Yeah. Because you are the only person who knows you. The fact that you get a <laughs> value, like roads or schools or whatever from taxation does not negate the fact that taxation is theft. Yes. It, in the same way Correct. that if I get into your bank account and I take out a percentage of the money and then donate it to a charity, that is still theft. Right. Even if I did something good with the money, it's still theft because it was yours. It doesn't matter how sad the story is or whether or not I saved someone's life or anything like that. I took money from you without your permission. It does not matter what I use the money for right. at all. I was saying so, that in the gas station the other day. I was I was uh, went in the gas station, and got a few items, and you know it's tax time. So there was another customer who was telling the attendant something about a ten ninety nine, and she didn't know what that was. She was like ten ninety nine. What do you mean? He goes, oh, he's like it's a tax form, and and I turned to the guy and I was like, if everybody had ten ninety nine, if everybody had to do a ten ninety nine, taxes oh, yeah. would be so low. Oh yeah, they'd be we'd be so close to the libertarian ideal of zero percent. Yeah, we might have a libertarian president if everyone had to work on a 1099. Right. Honestly. Right. Yeah. Not, not only that, but think about what you pay your accountant or whatever. Even if you TurboTax, they charge you 40 bucks. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the, I get so angry at the fact that they're taking this money from me. And then they, on top of that, not only is it not good enough for them to take it from me, they also have to make it su super complicated. Yeah. Crazy complicated. It's so complicated that I can't even figure out how much money they're trying to take from me. Yeah. That's how complicated it is. But don't get it wrong, because if you get it wrong, then they'll charge you penalties and interest. And if you don't pay that, then then that's when you go to jail. Yeah. There's a guy who just died in jail. What was his name? Um, well, it was um, it was uh, crap. A couple was, years ago. It, well, it was uh, Peter Schiff's dad. Yeah. Um, he, he died in jail because he, he refused to pay his taxes. Yeah, that guy He's, stood he, on principle. He stayed in jail his whole life yeah. because he refused to pay taxes. Wow. So pretty crazy. Um, let's go to our first clip from this. I think this is about trade. And uh, yeah. I'm sorry that I went on a tax tirade. No, it's I good. Just, I we, had to. We've... 
I've had a rough weekend. It's been all right. It's been a rough few days. Tr- trust me, from sitting across from Charlie here and listening to him talk to his accountant. Listen, I get paid slave it's wages. Our, I, it's our I get paid slave wages, so I don't have to worry about this. <laughs> I'm not really going to owe any taxes, you know. Oh god! But Charlie, he's he's going to end up owing a lot of taxes, enough taxes that we could have another person sitting right here writing up articles and making a, another slave wage that they could be working right here, and they'd have a job. But it, instead, they're either not working a job or they're working a job that they hate. Yeah. Charlie could literally hire another person. So it's, it's, this is, this is a, it's more than just us being annoyed about, about money being taken out of our accounts. It's, it's, what could I invest it's in? It's what you see. And it's not even the, it's not even the selfish, what could I have invested in and gotten more? We can see what this is doing to society and the growth of the economy. Like, that's the real reason that we care about this. How many more people could have jobs? If Just imagine how many people Amazon, all these businesses could hire well, if we they did- wouldn't have paid hundreds of billions of dollars in taxes every year i asked you, know? you to do the math on that the other day i know because we figured it out from if, the cor- you, if you take the corporate tax that was paid yeah which was what uh it was something 500 billion or something like that. 500 billion dollars yeah. and i asked how many jobs could you create with people making fifty thousand dollars a year that's yeah. decently middle especially if you're married two people making fifty thousand dollars married hundred thousand dollars a year that's right in the middle class you can yeah. get a house have cars have kids all kinds of stuff. It's like 10 million people at 50 10 grand a year. million jobs. At 10 million. F- at 50,000 a year. $50,000 a year. Yeah. 10 million jobs. So that's why people we always, care about this. People always say, the problem with this is that people are always like, oh, well, you can't really quantify what could have been. Yeah. You know, but here we are quantifying what could have been. Yes. And it know? would have been because these people, they would hire people because guess what? As a business, you make money, hopefully, unless you're like Uber or something, you make money the more people you hire. If you have a little bit of profit for every single worker that you have, then you will hire as many possible workers to up your output, to up your production, and to up your income as you possibly can. So if you leave this money, this if it's you know Amazon, who, by the way, paid over $2 billion in taxes last year, just so everyone knows. I'm going to say that again. Amazon paid over $2 billion in taxes last year. I'm sorry it didn't all go to Washington, D.C. Some of it went to the state governments. And local communities. And local communities. Oh, man, what an evil, evil organization that didn't go to Washington. It, it went to local communities and their state government. Anyway... I was going to say for the people who think that when businesses have more money and they're and they won't hire more people, Amazon's a great example, right? This company is 21 years old now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 21 years old, 1999. Sure. 97 is when they started. Something like that. 20 a 23-year-old company. They didn't stop at 5,000 employees or 10,000 employees. No. They didn't just keep making more money and hoarding it away. No, they're up to 650,000 mm. employees. Yeah. So the more money they kept making, the more people they kept hiring and that, to fulfill the, the demand of people and to make more profit. Well, just if you're a business and you're smart, you're thinking, okay, well, I've got this $2 billion that I paid in taxes. Let's say they didn't. They've got the $2 billion. Well, if they don't do anything with it, then they've just got $2 billion. But 
what smart businesses do, and that's why they're as big as they are, is they're going to say, hey, here's $2 billion. What could I invest that in and turn that into $10 billion? I don't just want $2 billion. I want a trillion dollars. So they're not just going to sit there like most people would and take the $2 billion and go live on an island or just go on vacations forever and not do anything. Be out of money gonna, in 10 years. They're going to take the $2 billion and they're going to invest it because they want that $2 billion to make them a trillion dollars over time. So the, this idea that if we didn't tax the businesses, all that would happen is Jeff Bezos would get more rich. It just, it, it just you know, it don't make no sense. Once again, I don't know how many times I got to say that boat don't float. It just don't. The dog don't hunt. Them colors don't run. This board don't skate. <laughs> this, I don't, I don't know. Anything yeah. that's supposed to do something doesn't do it. Yeah. So that, that's what this is. Let's talk about the State of the Union real quick. Let's talk about trade. All right. I'm going to cue this video up. If you're watching live, then you can watch this live with us. In fact, unfair trade is perhaps the single biggest reason that I decided to run for president. Following NAFTA's adoption, our nation lost one in four manufacturing jobs. Many politicians came and went pledging to change or replace NAFTA, only to do so, and then absolutely nothing happened. But unlike so many who came before me, I keep my promises. We did our job. Thank okay, so trade. Obviously, he's uh, he's he's talking up on trade now. Listen, some of the some of the tariffs and stuff have have possibly worked. Let me f start by saying that he could be a really good negotiator. There is a chance because we have got China to bend to a few of the things he was asking for. And when it comes to trade, now listen, we're against tariffs, Charlie. I think you are too. Charlie's on his phone over there. If you're watching live, just hanging out. Uh, Charlie, this was an important correspondence. <laughs> um, so we're against tariffs because we like free trade. We think it's best for everyone to get everything they can at the cheapest possible price. That way, all of our money is all used more efficiently. It doesn't help anyone, I'm sorry, to pay more money for all of your goods if you created a couple new jobs for people who are just also going to have to pay more money for all their goods. The best thing you could do is to have everyone using their money in the most efficient manner possible, where you can form more businesses, you can have cheaper products, and you can keep growing in the way that we have been growing for quite some time now. Uh, one time that we had the reverse of this trade balance when we were, we were finally exporting more than we were importing overall was during the Great Depression. Okay. I remember when he told me that. So this, this is not like six months ago. This is not a great argument. I just laughed. Now it we've just, had a we've had the reverse trade balance after that, where we're importing more than we're exporting, and you want to go back to the last time, the longest period of time that we were exporting more than we're importing, and it's it's in the 1930s. Okay, it's, it wasn't exactly better. So we don't have a whole lot of evidence that it's automatically better for us to be exporting more than we're importing. But the, other it sounds than that, worse actually. That the Great Depression sounds worse. Now, I'm not saying that that's what. Trump's pushing us towards. I'm not saying that, but we have to get our we have to get our mind right, and we have to get our principles right here. Why are businesses leaving and going to other countries? That is the question. Yet it's not because of it's not because of a trade deal. It's not because of whatever you want to blame it on. I don't know if NAFTA was a good deal or a bad deal. Put yourself in the position of a business owner, because that's what matters. 
business owners who are creating things and creating jobs and creating products that we all want to use. Why would that person go somewhere else? Just put yourself in your, in your own shoes. In your own shoes. Think about when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. Are you not looking for the highest quality product possible for the cheapest price possible? Yeah. It's the same thing. Businesses are looking for the highest quality of labor possible for the cheapest possible price. Not only that, building costs and all of that. If it's cheaper to make something that's the exact same quality somewhere else and then ship it to the United States than it is to actually build it in the United States for the same quality, then it's a no-brainer. It's yeah. the same thing as if you would choose Kroger over Publix well, and or Pub- Walmart over both. Just to put it on your earnings, you could put it on the smallest scale possible. Imagine your town, imagine your town enacted a 30% income tax, your city. And then the town right by you, you live right there on the line. You could get that other house. You've got some value in your house. You just get this other house. Well, they don't have that 30% income tax. You can have the same job and make the same income. Are you going to stay in the city that's got the 30% income tax? Or are you going to move down the street to the one that doesn't have one? We saw it all the time growing up where we grew up in Southern Illinois because we were you know, 20 minutes from the Kentucky border. Yeah. Illinois gas prices have always been higher than Kentucky's gas prices. My family, your family, everyone always went to Paducah every weekend to do their shopping because groceries and gas and everything was cheaper. Yeah. And everybody was doing that to save $100 or whatever total on your groceries and everything a month. Let's say you save 100 bucks. Businesses do the same thing. Yeah. It's like if you live on the Mexican border, you just go across to Mexico, get your groceries and stuff and come back. You would do the same thing. Everyone does the same thing. So why is it bad when businesses do it? Oh, because they're taking American jobs. They're not taking American jobs. Those job, those American jobs don't exist. And the reason why they don't exist is because it's too expensive. Because they're, if they have to build it in America, they have to raise the price. And if they raise the price, then they lose on sales. Because they have this. There's this curve, by the way, mm-hmm. of what you can charge. Okay. There's there's a the highest price people will pay. It's a Laffer curve, right? It's the Laffer curve. Yeah. The highest price people will pay. The lowest price people will pay. And you have to meet go somewhere in the middle where when the price is high enough that you have enough customers that if, if you lower the price and got more customers, it, it has to, it has to be above that. Well, right? yourself, so you have to, that's the price point. And just to clarify, obviously we're talking about the problem is not the trade deals. The problem are business taxes, regulations, wage laws, all kinds of things like that, that force businesses to go somewhere else. So just to clarify on that, that's, that's the point we're trying to make. But Ask yourself from what Charlie was talking about. Did Walmart turn into the company that it is right now because they were well known for being the most expensive place to get all of your goods? Was that how they did it? Is that how they grew to being 2.3 million employees? I got the answer since no one can phone in right now. What is it? Uh, No. No. Yeah. That's not what they did. They learned that if they could just make a couple cents off of a can of soup, that with enough stores and enough volume, they could make billions of dollars. And the governments need to try and learn the same thing. There is a reason that Illinois is like one of the, the worst tax states. They're actually known as like the least tax-friendly state in the nation now. And they've got massive deficits, massive debt. You know, their pensions are all screwed. And they've got all that. And then Tennessee has got no state tax. And what does our deficit and debt look like? It, Surplus. It, no, yeah, exactly. Now, how is that? 
How is it that a state that's got the highest taxes in the country is having all these problems? Businesses are all leaving. They're losing people from their state. Their Thousands actual, of their people. Their actual population is going down every single year. And then you have a state like Tennessee that has no state income taxes and is obviously a far better place than Illinois for everyone with no, you know, no big debt. Although are we in a surplus overall? I don't actually even know what yeah, the two numbers to, two are. Two to four billion in surplus. Although okay. they're still, they still increase spending because you have that surplus. They're trying yeah, to find a way to spend it. it. Got to spend it. Even the conservatives yeah. here, <laughs> the GOP, yeah. keep spending that surplus. So anyway, the, the trade stuff... I understand we want to we want to make sure we have jobs and all that, but once again, with every single thing that we ever talk about, we say we're not going to attack the symptoms of the problem. We're going to talk about what the root cause of the problem is, and worrying about these trade deals or trying to force businesses to come back or taxing them when they bring their goods back into the U.S. That's all symptoms of problems. We need to talk about why did that business leave in the first place? That's the actual question that needs to be asked. And Republicans are really good about asking that question when it comes to talking about how people are leaving California and talking about how people are leaving Illinois and leaving New York. Oh, obviously you raise taxes and people are going to leave, but then you have these business taxes and regulations and you still want to demonize the corporations that leave. It doesn't make any sense. Going back to that surplus with the states and stuff, and the government will always find a way to spend more money. Instead of saying, wow, we had a $2 billion surplus, maybe we don't need to collect so many taxes. Like Maybe we don't yeah. need to collect so many property taxes because maybe we only need a $500 million surplus. So where can we cut $1.5 billion and give the citizens more of their own money, which would make them more productive, by the way? Yeah. It would make them invest more. And the more investment you have from your citizens, the larger the economy will grow because that is productive money. That's what drives the economy is production. It's not the government spending as much as it possibly can. My mom had sent me something the other day where they were saying that um, uh, the $1,000 universal basic income would raise the GOP or something like that by $12 trillion. GDP? The GDP, sorry, not the GOP. Something I would do. The GDP by $12 trillion. And I'm like, yeah. well, it's based off the Keynesian model of, it's like, if that is true, then why don't we just give everybody $100,000? Yeah, why, why stop, why at, stop a at a thousand? We can't even afford a thousand well, anyway. Just raise the GDP by... Uh, by a million trillion. Right. Why not do that? Well, that if if the more money you tax and give out to people, well, well, heck, let's just only have all these factory workers working in money printing machines all the time. That sounds great. And can we even afford it? Because you have what a hundred and eighty something million adult adults. Yeah, you give them a thousand dollars a month. You're looking at one point eight trillion dollars a month. Yeah, a month. So we we don't even collect. $12 trillion in taxes, <laughs> which it'd be more than that. It'd be like 15, but we don't even collect, we collect 3.4 trillion. Yeah. So where are we, how are we even going to pay to give her an adult? Well, and whenever we do thousand dollars a month, if we're, if we're taxing 10 trillion, we'll just be spending 15 or 20 and we'll talk about how we need to raise taxes after that. Right. Now there's not enough money to do anything. It's like, they'll That's give all you, we'll talk about. They'll give you the thousand dollars a month and it'll look cool, but then they're going to charge you $3,000 extra a month in taxes. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the UBI is a 
It's a ridiculous idea. It just don't add up. It's it, numbers. It doesn't. It's, it don't add. The, the numbers, I'm not even that great at numbers. The numbers literally don't work as far as actually paying for it, which I know no one cares about. I get it. It doesn't matter whether or not you can actually pay for things. It matters how it makes you feel. So it feels good, but you can't actually <laughs> pay for it. So so that's important. It feels good till that bill comes due. Let it, me tell it, you. It does, but at least you got $1,000 for the bill when it comes due. You know? <laughs> right. so, so that's good. The bill might be 1050 but hey, but, at least you got 1000 Right. That's fine. You're only out now, an extra 50 now. <laughs> no, the thing is, you know, we're talking about a UBI and, and people getting 1000 If everyone gets 1000 then 1000 is the new zero. What matters is whether or not you can buy things, whether, whether or not you can actually get the stuff that you need. And right now, if you've got zero dollars, then you're all at zero. But if everyone has a thousand, then what's going to happen is all the prices will rise accordingly. Thanks to supply and demand is exactly what's going to happen. And having that thousand will be the exact same as when you used to have nothing. It's like people think that nothing's going to change. I know. It's like everything is going to be stagnant forever, and now you have an extra $1,000. It's like that doesn't work. No. That's not how it works. It's like that $1,000. I mean, who's going to pay for it, first off? Um, well, we already decided that doesn't matter because it matters how you feel. It doesn't matter. So let's go on to the next so one. So it has to come from somewhere. Let's assume it comes from people who own businesses. Let's just assume it comes from there. So It's from Amazon, obviously, because they think, make so much money. You don't think that if businesses are taxed so everyone can have 1000 that they're not going to raise their prices enough to pay for having to give everyone that thousand dollars. It's very simple, very, very simple. They're not all just going to take it on the chin. No. If they're going to get taxed that amount, that's exactly how much their prices are going to go up so they can cover the tax. It's, it's not that hard. It's it not that hard. It ain't hard, man. All right, let's go to the next clip real quick here and go. Many experts believe that transparency, which will go into full effect at the beginning of next year, will be even bigger than health care reform. Now, this is actually true. It by will the way. save families massive amounts of money for substantially better care. But as we work to improve Americans' health care, there are those who want to take away your health care, take away your doctor and abolish private insurance entirely. 132 lawmakers in this room have endorsed legislation to impose a socialist takeover of our health care system, wiping out the private health insurance plans of 180 million very happy Americans. To those watching at home tonight, I want you to know we will never let socialism destroy American health care. <laughs> pretty good. I love all the booze. <laughs> <Yeah. and> <laughs> By the way, the 180 million people, are they're not happy. They're not happy. No. Some so, of them might be. So the happy word's wrong. They used to, a lot of them used to be a lot happier before Obamacare. Right. I, they, will, I will tell you that. But if it does go to Medicare yeah. for all and you get rid of private insurance, they will be less happy than they are now. Yeah. But they're not happy now. now like, I'm not happy. All of but, the really poor people, the people who aren't paying into the system that are going to be able to take out of it more than what they're paying in, well, they're going to be happier if this passes. Obviously. Right. They're just going to be happier if this passes. But 
the first thing he said was the price transparency. And you actually mentioned that this morning. That's why I wanted to keep that in there. Right. Um, this is very important and it could actually lead to a drastic reduction in prices. If you could just imagine going to McDonald's with food insurance and they never had to post their prices ever and you just had, they just submitted a claim to someone to recoup the money based off of money that came out of your paycheck. I mean, do you think their prices would be what they are right now or do you think they would be higher? That'd be a long drive through line too, man. It'd be a very long drive through line. <laughs> be but an really, hour wait. What do you think would happen to the prices? Do you think they would go up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they would immediately go up. So then in your restaurant where you have a restaurant designed like our healthcare system, when you enforce a price transparency, which we don't like it enforced from the top down, by the way, we should let those people in the free market do this, but yeah, it I guess they're not going to. So It shouldn't be done through a king decree, yeah, which is what an executive order is. Let's by at the way. least get it down to local governments but, doing this because all the, health, all the hospitals exist in local governments. Right. It's not exactly better, but However, anyway, the anyway. policy is a good, it's going to be a good thing. Yeah, just imagine your restaurant set up like the healthcare system, and then all of a sudden there's a rule. They've got to put their prices down right there. They've got to show you what they're charging you for that terrible McDouble. You know, what do you think is going to happen? You think the prices will continue to go up like crazy? You think when everyone sees that they've been charging your company, your insurance company, or or the government twelve dollars for a McDouble, you think that uh, they're not going to catch a lot of flack for that? That maybe their stock prices will be hurt? Maybe people will look for other places to go eat. No, they're going to try to lower their prices. They're, all, this, all this creates something very important that exists in a free market, not inside of our healthcare market. But what exists in a free market is downward price pressure. Always downward price pressure. All the time. You've got to have incentives to try to make things cheaper all the time. And that's what we have inside of a free market. There's a reason that in like 1995 or 96, you know, Apple was releasing a computer that did almost nothing that was $2,500 in 1995 money, which is like a million dollars right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's like, not, but no, like, like 10 grand. Yeah. So it'd be like 95. I mean, maybe 3,500, something like that, whatever. Right. So there's a reason that in today's money that that apple computer did nothing was thirty five hundred dollars and now you can get one that literally could run a spaceship for i mean well heck you could get you can get these computers for 400 bucks something like that now i know apple's still a couple thousand you guys get the idea so what's really important is that we keep some type of downward price pressure and this is just one one way to introduce a reason for them to lower their prices because right now they have none. They have no reason to lower their prices whatsoever. The government sets the prices they're going to pay for things. They set all the ways that they can get out of that. The insurance companies copy that model that Medicare sets out. And then they get to take the insurance money out of your paycheck because the government made a deal with businesses where they could buy employee insurance plans pre-tax so then you end up getting a bunch of employer insurance instead of having a market where more people are buying it privately, which would then kill the whole idea where you can't switch jobs because you'll lose your insurance. So we created that by the government letting businesses buy insurance plans pre-tax, set everyone up on employer insurance, comes out of your paycheck, 
Heck, it's nothing compared to all the freaking theft that comes out of there from the government. And so you just go along with it. And there's never a single reason for them to try to lower a price, ever. So this is just one reason, one of a billion that they should have. But hey, we've introduced one way that they could think about taking the price in the downward direction, not up. And now you can actually shop and, and you'll see the different prices, right? So it's like, okay, you're going to have sh- shoulder surgery, let's say. Charlie, no one would ever shop for prices. This Are hospital you does me? it for, well, I'm going to just tell you what's going to happen because <laughs> I think this is going to be huge. I really do. You're going to look at the different hospitals and what they charge for their sh- uh, shoulder surgery. One's going to be 10, one's going to be eight, one's going to be 20. There might be one that does it for five. And you're like, oh, hey, I'd like to do the one with five. And then you're going to go there. And they're going to ask for your insurance and be like, oh, yeah, we sorry, you're out of network. We don't accept your insurance. And then you're going to be pissed. And that's going to happen to a lot of people. And then they're just going to be like, well, I'm canceling my insurance and I want to get another insurance that will cover this one. And so then it's going to be it's going to have to it's going to force massive insurance reform. Yeah. Look at that comment on Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't see it. I don't have it open. Sorry. I've got Cody, YouTube open. Cody, which is really funny because Charlie mentioned this earlier today. Cody said. Y'all could use a little bit of communism. Them chairs are sinking lower and lower. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Charlie was literally thinking, like, why do they make the weight limit on these chairs so low? <laughs> that is what we need. Look, I'm a giant guy. We need to go to Cuba for a little bit, lose some weight, or go to China or whatever, go to North Korea and lose some weight, and uh, come back, and then we won't have to get new chairs that are made for fat people. Yeah, that's a good plan. Look, I just put on a little bit of winter <laughs> weight, all right? It was just for the winter, okay? Yeah, yeah. And now, it, now I'm, I'm back getting things in order, he right? adds on a little bit more winter weight Look, every year. There's been a lot of winters, okay? I drank, I drank Coke Heavy for a couple months, and now I'm back to Coke Zero, <laughs> yeah, all right? Yeah. So, look, I'm, I'm seeing myself on camera now Yeah. getting my chair up. Oh, there it is. Yep. Yep, and I'm wearing shorts, by the way. You're welcome. He's wearing a dress shirt, and then he's wearing basketball shorts because you can't really see his pants. Yeah. So this is pretty good. We should have a pantless day sometime. I do what I want. Podcast. All right. <laughs> let's see what the next thing is. Maybe this is the Venezuela thing. Maybe not. Let's see here. The state of California passed an outrageous oh, law no. declaring their whole state to be a sanctuary for criminal, <laughs> sanctuary. illegal immigrants. A very terrible sanctuary with catastrophic results. Now we must embrace the next frontier, America's manifest destiny in the stars. I am asking Congress to fully fund the Artemis program to ensure that the next man and the first woman on the moon will be American astronauts using this as a launching pad to ensure that America... It's standing in solidarity. So what's really funny is uh, that's not the clip that I thought it was going to be at all no actually. that wasn't it i don't really care about people going to the moon so that's not what i was going to leave in there what i was going to leave in there was the fact that he, he brought up he brought up abortion last night charlie yeah you didn't think i was going to mention abortion did you no no okay so what he what he pointed out now we're libertarians and libertarians are fairly split on whether or not there should be any type of abortion laws okay they're fairly split so i just want to do a, a quick conversation on this but what he pointed out was the fact that New York had just passed a law allowing abortion all the way up to birth, basically. And what he said was that he wants to pass a law, a nationwide law, 
outlawing late-term abortions. So I wanted to see what you thought about that, Charles. What I thought about... Whether or not he should outlaw late-term abortions. Well, I, I think that the Supreme Court's already set the precedent on that. And what they've set the precedent is, is that it's left up to the states. Yeah. After 24... Before 24 weeks, you're allowed to have one. Like, the states can't tell you you can't. Okay. And then after 24 weeks, the the Supreme Court's opinion basically said in Roe v. Wade that it's up to the states. That if the states have an interest in keeping that child alive after the point of viability, then it's up to the states. You know, this is what Ron Paul argued for. Ron Paul not so much because he wanted to introduce, you know, the, the nationwide heartbeat bill. But Ron Paul argued it should be left to the states. And we... Like, I am a pro-life libertarian, you could say, because I believe it's wrong. However, what role does a government have in legislating what's right and what's wrong? Clearly, like, murder is already illegal. But that's a state law. What, state law? Yeah. There's capital murder, too. There's federal. You're saying most of the time you're getting prosecuted by... By the state. By your state. Right. But it's it's left up to the states, and I think that's where it should be. I I don't think there should be a federal... Uh, there doesn't need to be a federal law legislating this at all. It yeah. should be left to the states. And if the states decide after 24 weeks or whatever it is set now, I think it's 24, that you are not allowed to have an abortion and you get one, then you are suffering the consequences of what that state decided because they're saying that there's an interest in that life. Yeah. It and all they- depends on how you define abortion. You know, I think the people people frame it up as like people who are anti-abortion are... Uh, you know, anti-choice or they want to control women or whatever it is. I truly believe that the bulk of people who are against abortion truly in their hearts believe that abortion is the same as murder. I think that that's Mm -hmm. truly what they think. And so when you're talking to people that have these differences of opinions, you have to always understand where the other person's coming from. If you're talking to someone, if you're a pro-choice person and you're talking to someone who's uh, pro-life, you have to understand that you're talking to someone who's thinking of abortion in the exact same way in their, in their mind, it is the exact same thing as murder. And that's where they're coming from. And I think until we're able to define that line of whether or not it is murder, that's, that is why Rand Paul introduced the bill actually recognizing, uh, I think fetuses at a certain point as having constitutional rights. I think that might have been his heartbeat bill you were talking about. And Ron Paul or Rand Paul? <clears throat> Rand. Yeah, Rand, Rand. Yeah. He yep. was trying to introduce basically that they that they had constitutional rights as a human being, which would immediately outlaw abortion at the, at that time because it would define abortion as murder mm-hmm. basically. So, you know, there's people that want to go about it that way, and I understand the reasoning for wanting to do that. When it comes to late-term abortion, um I'm a little bit more sympathetic to them making laws to, to outlaw that. I, I am. Um, I, like you, I, I'm not real big on what all the laws should be or whether or not there should be a lot of laws. When it comes to late term, if you're at the stage that a baby could simply be taken out and saved and be able to live, then I don't understand how it wouldn't be murder to kill it at that point. Now, if you're at a time when if you took the baby out and it wouldn't be able to live on its own or you wouldn't be able to save it, 
then then you have your gray area conversation about whether or not this was actually murder because the baby was dependent on the mother and and all that and still a part of her and all that but if if it can be if if you can take it out and save the life then to me you should uh, there's room for a law that would make sure that that was the choice that was made that if this life could be saved that it would be saved in the same way that anyone who goes in to a hospital if they can be saved you know if you go into an er they can't just stand there and look at you and watch you die they have to try and save you and so i don't understand where there's this line where if something someone can be saved you can make the decision to not do it so I do see that there's, there's room for discussion on whether or not there should be a law for late-term abortions. This is somewhat close to me also because my, my uh, brother was born two months premature. He weighed a little over a pound when he was born. That's like 30 this weeks, was in, 32 weeks. And, you know, this was in 19... Sorry, Drew, I'm going to get it wrong. This is 1995. At that time, something like that. He's twenty-five, probably. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I still guess remember him. It was nineteen. A, it was nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. I still remember him so, as a little kid going to school. You know. So he was born two months premature in nineteen ninety-five, and they were able to save him, and he's here, and he's my brother. He's a marine. And he's in the Marines. Yeah. And he has his own farm, and he has a kid. You know. And so I don't understand how you couldn't at least come together on an agreement that if the child can be saved medically, that that's the decision that you have to make. I, I, I really will go down that road with the conservatives on that one. But what do you do <clears throat> if the woman doesn't want to carry the pregnancy in her body? So this is where well, that's I like- what I'm saying. If it's at a point where it, she could the baby could be taken out and also they're going in there and they're sorry they're snipping its neck or they're doing whatever it is that they're doing they have to get it out anyway like they're going in there you can't just they've got to take it out it's got right. to come out now uh, at that point why not take it out alive right that's all i'm saying why do you have to kill it to take why it you out you gotta kill it take yeah. it out and try to save it right that's that's really i i don't know that's just where i come down but then you know all the other abortion laws i just i don't i don't think that there will ever be a government solution for it it's right. going to be like the wall it's just going to go back and forth well forever. so now you just then you just want these kids to be saved and go to orphanages and you still don't care about a life because you know that's why all these orphanages exist yeah well do you know, do you know there's actually more parent there's it's a three to one ratio I think there's, it's really interesting that people on the left... more parents waiting to adopt a kid than there are kids that need adopted. Yeah, stop making it cost freaking $50,000 to or adopt more. a kid. You know? It's I think insane. it's really interesting that people on the left will talk about all their love of minorities and people who are poor and also say that if you're poor, that you shouldn't be alive. That's a really interesting argument. Right. I don't understand that whatsoever. Oh, they're going to be poor. Is that an argument for whether or not someone should be alive, Mr. Right. Leftist? No, that's not an argument for whether or not someone should be alive. It's a terrible argument. We want less people in the poor. So one of the ways to do that, Nate, is to kill them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's a great argument, Mr. Bernie Sanders. That hey, sounds great. Look, you're no longer poor, James. Yeah, where do you draw you're, that line? You're not rich either. You're dead, but you're not <laughs> poor. 
Yeah. We got rid of the poorness. <laughs> so it's just, I don't know. And when it comes to the rest of the laws, I know a lot of our conservative-leaning audience will disagree with some of the other things we said on abortion. We do have a really large conservative Republican audience, by design, by the way, specifically targeted ads towards those people. Well, um, we did a pretty long abortion episode, didn't we? About, I think so. Probably like six months ago, yeah, maybe? Might have been. Might have been. That's what one people. One thing people need to do is go back in the archives. If this you're is a episode first time, 181, although it's probably really, as Charlie wanted to point out, probably episode 183 or 184, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've doubled the numbers a few times. No big deal. No big <laughs> yeah. deal. But what you should do is you should go back and listen to a few episodes, like especially if you're a first time listener or maybe second or third time. We, there are so many conversations. Um, there's probably places where you can tell us we're wrong. Yeah. So go back and listen, scrutinize every single word that comes out of my mouth and then send Nate an email about it. Yeah. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Yeah. Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Send, send me an email. <laughs> send me an email about it. Because if you email me, I'll just send it over to him. Anyway. Just forward it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, go listen to what we said about abortion. Let's see. I thought it was pretty interesting that they recognized who he says is the rightful president of Venezuela was there last night before you get there though and it wasn't bernie sanders before you get there yeah i want to let people know how they can support the show i want you to tell people how they can support the show well because we're right in the middle of this we were talking about people going back and listening exactly and now since you are a longtime listener because you went back and listened to all those episodes (laughs) then what can you do to support well what we're gonna include today i finished it by the way earlier nice yeah so we got a Patreon. This is why I pay this guy so much money. We just started a Patreon. There are a bunch of different levels and ways that you can support the show. All the way down to $5 and all the way up to $100. If you've got a thanks to Lines Liberty for giving us this idea. If you've got a podcast or a political page or something like that and you want us to promote it on this podcast, well, then you sign up for the $100 and then we're going to be giving you shout outs to all of our listeners. So that, I, that's a pretty good deal. But you can go down to $5 and you get exclusive content that's only going to be on Patreon. Some of these levels, we're going to be doing live rants, live q and I'm going to be taking videos on our phone here where we're just, just freely exchanging ideas, unfiltered, unedited, going on there. You can actually hear our thoughts. One of the levels, you can actually text us back and forth. If you're in a political conversation... You can text us a screenshot of what someone just said that seems like maybe an argument you can't get out of. Send us a screenshot, and we will craft the perfect message in response. One thing I love doing is responding to people. You know, we won't, my, make, we won't make you look like a jerk. Yeah, no, we'll no. We'll give you the solid answer because it's not really about winning the argument. It's about the, all the people that are going to come read that thread later. Yeah. You have to convince them that you're right and that you're on your, that they want to go to your side. Yeah. The biggest problem I've had in social media debates is I have a tendency to feel really bad when I make someone look like an idiot. And so I just try to stay out of them because I don't want to feel bad all the time. <laughs> so if you guys want to send the screenshots, then that's one of the levels on there too. You also will get free merchandise with each subscription. You can get a Bernie Lies coffee mug. We got Taxation and Stuff t-shirts, all kinds of stuff. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to our Patreon. You can find us on there. Good morning, Liberty. And that is what's actually going to get this message going. And yes, even in one of those, you have the opportunity to pay for your very own Facebook ad promoted by our Facebook page for whatever it is that you care about. It's pro-liberty. So anyway, 
Okay, let's talk about a little bit. That was a hell of an ad read, man. man. (laughs) That's good stuff. All right. He he brought he he brought who he says is the the rightful leader of Venezuela, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's good. This but is, this is a good credit to him. Will be smashed and broken. Here this evening, it's a very brave man who carries with him the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of all Venezuelans. Joining us in the gallery is the true and legitimate president of Venezuela, Juan Guaido. Mr. President, please wow. take this message back to your now that's a message to Maduro right there. That's a straight up message. Really strong you, one. You brought the guy and said that he was the leader of Venezuela and called him out on the State of the Union. I mean, that is a punch in the face to Maduro if I've ever seen yeah. one. That that's awesome. That, that's all well and good, but I have to ask you how much how much Botox does Nancy Pelosi have? All of it. I'm watching. She's got. She's worth 120 million dollars. She's got. All kinds of Botox. Oh, I forgot. She she actually stood up and clapped for that one. Weird. Yeah, she did. She she couldn't wait to get out of her seat yeah. right then. So, Very yeah. Very strange. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, I like him talking about Venezuela. He needs to talk about Venezuela as much as possible. So making this point and showing what's going on in Venezuela and having to have the State of the Union and point out the fact that they've got a dictator running their country that was put in power by a socialist experiment that people in that very room were praising 10, 15 years ago about how amazing and perfect Venezuela was. Right. And now they've got this guy in the room who he says is the rightful leader. And even they agree. It's amazing. It's a very, very smart move. And he needs to spend as much time talking about Venezuela as possible. Because as we've said before, these people on the left, these, these loony leftists, their policies, their economic policies do not match Denmark's policies. They do not match Denmark's economic ideology at all. They match Venezuela's economic ideology. There's a difference. Denmark's economic ideology is low corporate taxes, low regulation, do everything you can to incentivize growth and really high taxes on the people. And then, yes, they get some freebies, but they also pay 50-60% taxes and 24% sales tax on everything and a 200% tax if they buy a car. They're, they pay for it. And then they have really low business taxes. That is not Bernie Sanders' ideology at all. He has the nope. opposite ideology, which is... Crazy high taxes on businesses, tax, higher taxes on capital gains, wealth taxes, stock trade taxes, and then low taxes for the people. It's the complete opposite ideology. His economic plans are closer to Venezuela than they are to Denmark. That's just plain simple fact, okay? I'm just telling it like it is. Tough, tough love it is, idiot. It's just that's a, just that's, how it is. That's just okay? the facts. It's the truth. And I'm not saying that he wants what happened in Venezuela to happen here. But more than likely, the people who were in Venezuela didn't want what happened in Venezuela to happen in Venezuela. That's just what happens. Okay? It just is what it is. You do everything you can to restrict economic growth, and then you give away all, all types of free stuff, 
while you're also chasing away all the businesses. Remember earlier, we talked about chasing away all the businesses. And then you wonder why the heck your economy is retracting by 10% every single year. Well, this doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't know why. I don't know why we've got really high taxes. I don't know why our economy's not growing. (laughs) Does it make any sense? No. So anyway, he needs to mention Venezuela as much as possible. That's, that's all I'm saying. Trump, I know you're watching this podcast. It's something you do every single day, and we thank you for it. And you need to keep talking about, about Venezuela. Okay, now we've got the infamous, the infamous Nancy the Ripper coming up <laughs> right here. Nancy ripped one real big time right here. President promised relentless oh. optimism in his remarks tonight. And the people talking didn't know what to say. In the final moments by the Speaker of the House who just ripped up his speech. It appears <laughs> she just tore up some papers. Uh, and that may be she the speech that he handed her when oh. he walked out. And they did not shake hands at the beginning. It was an exclamation point. The- <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, to me, if you're on her side of the aisle and you have that ideology... I mean, if I was sitting in her chair, I'd probably do the same thing. If I was sitting up there and Bernie Sanders was talking, I probably would have ripped it up and threw it at him Mm -hmm. piece by piece during the speech. It's probably what I would have done. So I'm not saying, I'm not faulting her for for doing that or anything, but uh, we we put up a a funny meme earlier. It says what was on the paper was a a note from Trump saying that he was going to tell the American people that she increased her net worth to $120 million while she was also regulating businesses and allocating subsidies for 32 years while she was in Congress. I wonder how that happened. How did that happen? That's not all from book sales. She's only making what? 130 something thousand dollars a year or whatever yeah. they get paid. I don't know what it is. 147, maybe something like that. It's less than the Senate. But... How much is that times 32 years? Now I know she's married and I'm sure her husband has enjoyed all of the insider trading. It's been really good. Yeah, sure for them. Sure he's enjoyed knowing what regulations were going to come up on what industries and which industries were going to get subsidized and were going to be artificially grown by the government. I'm sure he's been really happy to know all of that information. That, that was really good. He does own companies, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he does. I think he does a lot of real estate, too. So, listen, I'm not saying all of her wealth is illegitimate. I'm just saying she's a hypocrite. <laughs> That's yeah. all I'm saying. That's all I I'm agree. saying. That's all. So, all right, Bernie Sanders had a response to a couple things Trump said, and uh, we'll end with the BS response. Here we go. I love Uh, it. Tonight and on many other occasions, President Trump has told the American people that the economy today is booming like it has never boomed before. before. Well, in truth... For Trump and his billionaire friends, he is right. The economy is really booming for them. In fact, the wealthiest people in our country have never, ever had it so good. And we are now experiencing more income and wealth inequality than any time in the last 100 years. Okay, typical Bernie Sanders talking points. You know, 
anything. In the last 100 years, by the way. In the last, why not go back before that? Back when there were kings and stuff, there was no income inequality. Why not talk about income inequality when we didn't have capitalism? Yeah. Why not talk about that? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's like inequality has never existed before. In In fact, inequality is the fundamental structure of reality. It just, yeah. Everything's unequal. It is. Everything. I need some of your height, Charlie. Yeah. But not your weight. I need just your height. I need, I need some of your not weight. <laughs> if I'll trade you right, height right. for weight, maybe I need some of your hair, you know, cause mine <laughs> up here is thinning a little bit and you've got a full head right there. I have a full head. I don't have a big forehead though. Yeah. It's nice and shiny. So it's, but your quaff <laughs> is, uh, is pretty tame. Yeah. It's, it's thick. It's, I mean, it's thick. And yeah. if it ever starts to thin out, I will pay whatever amount of money it is to fix it. I guess you need a new job. Then. I just will. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be a business this is, expense. This is thinning out. It's right a business here. expense. We're on camera every day. Right. Come on. So, okay. He's talking about how obviously the wealthy have really enjoyed what's happened basically in the stock market. That's what he's talking about. Because when you talk about Jeff Bezos and his net wealth, going up to $130 billion or whatever it is, it's because the stock market has gone insane so far. And his wealth is directly tied to the stock market. Like 85% of his net wealth is ownership of Amazon. So obviously his net worth, his uh, net worth goes up a lot when the market goes up. So we can, we can talk about that and we can decide that we're going to be really upset about it. But do you not think that the stock market going up in the way that it's been and I realize it's fake and it's going to come back down. I know it's going to come back down. It always does. And then it's going to go back up after that, by the way. So buy some when it comes down because the long-term trend of the market is up. So do you not think that people have not benefited from the stock market? I know that people who get their entire incomes from the stock market have obviously benefited more. Your second grade math class could teach you why that's the case. Maybe not anymore because of the failure of public schooling. But obviously, if most of your money's in the stock market, then when the stock market goes up, you're going to make a lot more money than people who don't have any money in the stock market. It's pretty simple. That's weird how that works. That's pretty simple. A lot of these things are just basic common sense. But what about whether or not this has helped normal, average people? How many people have benefited? Well, 44% of people in America have a 401k. A lot of places have 401ks with matching. McDonald's has a 401k plan. Walmart has a 401k plan. You don't say. Everywhere that has that is a big business has a 401k plan. Okay? Yeah. This is important. There's not one here by the way. So don't ask. What's uh, up? Take that to HR. Not one here. Yeah. yeah. Take it to HR. Okay. Yeah. I'll see. I'm not going to answer any questions. I'll send an email. I'm going to answer any questions yeah. on, on the air here. So 44% of America, that's just a 401k. Now those have go up on average about 7% every year. My wife's 401k went up 17% last year. I got some good investors over they there did, at that they 401k well. offers. They did office. really well. Yeah. And they have matching, of course. I, I don't know what the contribution is, 6% or something like that. And then they match it. Can we talk about how amazing it is? Can why do we completely ignore the fact that if you put in 6% of your income, that the business you work for will match that invested into the stock market for you? Yeah. 
that's a big freaking deal. You're going to get more money from that matching than you'll ever get from Social Security. Ever. Ever. By far. Yeah. Because the average return for Social Security is 2.5%. Most people, by the time you actually get to that age, have not even remained consistent with inflation over by that way, time. You lost money. 6% of your income goes to Social Security, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's 3% for you and 3% yeah. for the company. Yeah. And then you pay 3% for Medicare and your company pays 3% yeah. or whatever, something like that. So they're already introducing a plan that is better than Social Security, by the way. Mo- a lot of companies are. Now, not all of them are matching like my wife's company is, mm-hmm. but a lot of them do have matching. And almost half the country has a 401k. It's important, by the way, when the stock market goes up, if you're someone with a 401k, that is a good thing for you. It is Now, you can be happy about the fact that your 401k just went up a bunch, or you can be mad that someone else's wealth just went up more than yours did. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. You make that choice in life, whatever it is that you want to focus on. But overall... It's been a really good thing, okay? There's 20 million people have IRAs in the country. That's good. Charlie was just talking about one yesterday. There's some good tax-free exemptions if you're doing the IRAs, so that's good. 13% of the people in the country have pensions. You're one of these people who are a, a union person, and you just want everyone to have a union and have a pension. I asked one, I asked one time, I asked a guy on Instagram, he said... Uh, you know, 401ks and investing in the stock market, that's just not a good idea at all for your retirement. And I was like, what do you think people should do for their retirement? He said, pensions. <laughs> I said, how do you think the pension makes the money to pay out your pension? It's in a mattress, man. <laughs> it's, in a- it's invested in the stock market. No, dude, no. It's in a mattress, man. It's in a vault. And that vault is what grows. <laughs> The guys, he said that we should stop investing in the market and stop doing 401ks and do pensions. Oh, yeah. This is what you're up against, folks. <laughs> How do you argue against that? How do you argue against that? It's like trying to talk to a child. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It just, it's very difficult. How do you think? Pensions of- are obviously just better, Nate, because <laughs> they come from unions most of the yeah, time. Yeah. So it's just better. Yeah. It's they're just, They're out for your better. best interest. Yeah. The greedy corporations that offer 401ks, they're not out for your best interest. Yeah. Because it's a 401k. The unions that have pensions, they're out for your interest, Nate. That's yeah. the difference. Not the people with the 401k. Greedy corporation, non greedy yeah. union. Because yeah. unions aren't greedy by yeah. their nature. They're unions. They're just unions. The yeah. people who, the human beings who get themselves in the union management, well, they're just perfect, virtuous they're, angels. They're better people yeah. than the people who get together and form corporations, they're obviously. Not, they're not greedy. Unions aren't lobbying the government to force people to be in unions because they get to rake a union due off of your income. No, that's not that's their... That's not why they're doing that. That is never their motivation. They're not name. crafting a plan where you have no choice but to give them money. Yeah. No, no way. That could never be, the, that could never be what's happening. Here's the other thing. You have to stop asking questions. Yeah. It's unions are good. Corporations bad. Okay. And you just say, okay, you know, just like we're the, you know, the, the wealthiest country ever and we're the most developed nation. We're the only industrialized. Let's be clear. Yeah. Let's be clear about it. We're the only, we're the wealthiest country in the world and we, we don't have other things that other countries have. Yeah. That's all you got to know. You don't have to ask questions. No, that's not important. 
And so when somebody tells you that pensions are good and 401ks are bad, you just, that's it. Like, There's we, no questions. We don't have the things that the people in Denmark have. Okay. What's your tax rate compared to the people in Denmark? Nate, that's a question you oh, should gosh, be asking. Dang it, I can't answer. I can't yeah. ask questions. Yeah. Dang it. Dang so it. you just have to accept it. Just, see, this is what they want you to do. I know. This is what they want you. They just want you to accept it because based on how you feel, because, you know, being the richest country in the world and not having some of the things that Denmark has without regards to how they get them, because it doesn't matter how they get them. They just have them. They just have it. Yeah. And apparently their happiness index rating is higher. So it means just, nothing. Well, you know, you just have to believe it. Oh, okay. And yeah. since ours is lower, or at least yours is lower than theirs, like if they're an eight on the happy scale and you're a, a four, yeah, yours is lower than theirs. And so obviously we need all the things that they get, never mind how you get them. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Just it's how you feel. <laughs> like I just, I feel like everyone should be able to live a modest life without worrying about getting sick or dying or breaking their arm. Nothing. Just you should never, you should never mm. lose a job. Never. If you work 40 hours a week, you should never lose a job. Everyone or if you don't want to work for several weeks. Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. For, yeah. Yeah, if Either you way. Want, if you want a year off. It, it should, if you don't want to work, you should still make the same money that someone who does work makes. Every Yeah. yeah. Everyone gets everything. Every, it, and then, I feel and there. Then, that's what I feel. I feel therefore it is. Yes. That's, that's, the, that's the socialist model yeah. right there. And I'm mad that God didn't set up the universe that way. I you know? know. He should have set it up where it was just one big, perfect, happy family. Well, and then once you, once everybody has everything, there's no more disease or murders. There, there's no evil in the world anymore. It doesn't exist. Yeah. If we just it's, have more unions with that, it is the perfect utopia. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's well, how let's you build, just go for it. And then let's the murder utopia. everyone who doesn't agree with what you just said. Well, let's because we got to get rid of those are cancers. You have to get rid of the old worldview. Yeah. You got to yeah. burn the cancers. You got to put them in yeah. prison camps first to do some of the work for you because you're not working. No, what we should do is we and should print like a little, kill them. we should print like a little red book for everyone to carry around so they can read about the, the socialist utopian ideology. Yeah. And we should make everyone carry around these little red books. And if we find anyone who still has the old capitalist worldview, well, we should force them to bury their family alive and then murder them slowly afterwards. Right. I mean, that's what we should do. That's how you weed out the haters. There we go. I'm, I'm going to go vote for Bernie Sanders. <laughs> All right, guys. But this is truly what this is like, truly what these people believe. Yeah. You know, when you boil it down to that simple, simplistic thing. Now, of course, if you tell them stuff like that, they're like, oh, no, that. Well, it wasn't real socialism. That's what, of course, what they'll say. Yeah. You know, because they, they're stuck. They're stuck. Look, the ideas are on our side. And we're sitting here telling you that although things can be better, there is no utopia. Even if all of our libertarian ideals get passed, they're still going to be suffering in the world. Yeah. Because that's just the way the nature is structured. Kids are going to be born with cancer, unfortunately. And that sucks. And what do you do about that? You know? Well, that's because of capitalism. There's no cure. There's no cure for that yet. Yeah. Right. We haven't developed it. Maybe one day, no kids will be born with cancer anymore. Yeah. And that would be a great day. And and thanks to capitalism, somebody has an incentive actually to make a profit off yeah. of that. So maybe they're actually working on that. Hopefully, you know, uh, my wife. I'll talk about her again. She worked for Sarah Cannon, cancer uh, cancer now, research yeah. institute. She division, just got that division job. of HCA. Just yeah. started. Yeah, owned by HCA. So she. You know, moved across the hall, and she That's works for Sarah Cannon. That's weird that HCA does research and development. That's Why? weird. Why would they invest in that? I thought they just wanted to sit on their profits. Why would HCA, a hospital 
ownership corporation have an entire an entire skyscraper downtown that's dedicated to trying to find the cure for cancer. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make no sense. Just don't make no sense. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening today. Go to our Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. You can go there, become a patron, and we can get this message out there. Plus, you can foot the bubbly and coffee bill over here, which has expanded wildly in the last couple months. So anyway, go to Patreon and support the show. Okay, just do that. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about the fact that Bill Gates has solved CO2 emissions. like. Like literally has invented something through a company who he invested largely in, has invented something that says it will reduce carbon emissions around the planet by 20% if enacted, and it will be cheaper than fossil fuels. Imagine that. And no one is talking about it. Wow. No one is talking about it. Because you can't get the Green New Deal passed. Yeah, it doesn't fit the plan. If a company is able to provide something cheaper. It doesn't require any, it doesn't require any new taxation. No force. It doesn't require any hatred. Right. It doesn't require anything like that. Actually, more than likely, the liberals will be coming out and arguing about how it's going to kill fossil fuel jobs. <laughs> yeah, <they'll laughs> more than likely. They'll be upset. You know, they'll be upset about they'll it. They'll be upset about the unions yeah. disappearing out of the oil exactly. industry. No, it's crazy. We're going to talk about it tomorrow. It's a really cool invention. Um, that is a and cool story. It seems very, very very legitimate, a secretive pro- uh, project that he's been working on for several years now. And they had a big breakthrough. Uh, they've tested it. It, it. it works. And he says it will actually be cheaper than using fossil fuels, which is the important part, because so far, everything else has been way more expensive, which is what makes it so terrible for the economy. It's a good thing that guy has like $120 million. Yeah, man. If only we would have taken all of his wealth and given it to the government. Mm-hmm. Man, they man, that, that would have been so much better. If only. So yeah, guys, go support the show and listen again tomorrow. We got a very special guest on Friday, although I guess it'll come out on Monday. Very pumped yep. about this interview with someone who we have admired for a long time. So I'll, I'll just say that. It's going to be really cool. Stay tuned. Yeah. And That's, then we have another interview lined up a couple weeks after that Yeah, with... Uh, some more people who we've admired for a long time, all due to sending messages on Instagram and Twitter to try and get people to to come on the show, and we have landed some big interviews. So why would you just tell people that. our tactics, Nate? We're we're pumped about it <laughs> because I want everyone to know how easy it is. Yeah, quit your complaining. Just, just send a message. Don't be scared. Just send a message. Reach out. People yeah. are more willing. They're just people when you treat them like people. Yeah. Right. All right. Take us out. If you guys do all that. I want you to do one more thing because that's a lot. I'm at, we're asking for a lot. Not really. We're not asking for much. Yeah. It's not much. You're like the government. Yes. I mean, I just named all this stuff and you're like, well, that's not enough. Well, let me give you something free that you can do. Okay. This is a, truly free, by the way. I mean, you do have to pay for the cost of your phone, <laughs> but you can share it with a friend. You can tell somebody about the show. You can say, hey, I just found this amazing podcast called The Good Morning Liberty and uh, they literally know everything about everything. And so there's no reason not to listen to it because then you become better because now you know everything. And that's... And then you'll be enough. You Then you'll be enough and you can't get mad about that. Yeah. Yeah. So you should seriously share the show with a friend. Share it with some enemy, enemies. Get Send it on to your communist uncle. If you do that and you leave us a rating and review, we'll be back again tomorrow to do it all over again. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.